0: Hey, we're Damn The Wolves. I'm Jody. I'm Brett. And I'm Rick. And you're listening to Now That's What I Call Damn Good Music. The podcast. Right, let's get stuck in. One,
1: two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby.
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> More cowbell. A, pre- a precursor to what we're talking about this week. Uh, this is an album that was recorded over the span of six months between January and June 1987. It was released in July 1987. Produced by Mike Klink. Uh, this is Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction. Awesome. So, can anyone guess how many copies this has sold?
2: Ooh, I don't actually know. Um, this is in the days of album sales, though, isn't it? So, I'm going to go f- 45 million, 25 million.
0: Ooh, it's right in the middle. 30 million, over 30 million. Wow. Uh, that could lot. be 45 then. It, it could be now.
3: Yeah, amazing.
0: So let's start with the first song. Welcome to the Jungle. For me, this is one of the best intros to an album ever.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I love this song. It's, it's a great delay, isn't it? That just well, that guitar just does this thing that just oh, the delay on the guitar, yeah. And it just it just capsulates you from the start. You just wanna you just wanna get stuck in and, and wait to hear what's coming.
0: I, I love the howl. I love Axel's howl. That you just you just don't know what's coming, and it just builds and builds and builds, doesn't it? Until you get the initial cha coming in it's uh-huh. just brilliant absolutely brilliant
2: i reckon we could probably do a whole a whole chat or a whole show just on welcome to the jungle
0: awesome song yeah it's it is a great song and how good is the riff when the riff comes in
2: yeah amazing they're all good riffs though the whole album is just full of classic riffs amazing and uh,
3: and the grooves as well isn't it it's, it's, it's that thing where the, you've got the riffs and just that simple four on the floor that that thing that just makes you move your head which is what Every D- do you do that. you
0: think there's a slight shift in the groove when the vocals come in? What tempo-wise or nah, just, it, it, no, just it no, not no, not tempo-wise. It's just like um, it, it almost it goes like a almost a bit lazy, sits back on the beat. It's it's kind of got that Tommy Lee thing that, that mm-hmm. with the hi hat, you know, where it's sucking the hi hat. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like there's a really subtle change there, which which I think just sounds ace. I think yeah. the
2: whole album has a really amazing kind of sloppy, almost. Like rolling stonesy, obviously early Aerosmiths a, a big thing as well, but it's got almost a sloppy kind of groove that they swagger that they have throughout the whole thing. It's just it's that personality thing again, isn't it? It's not perfect and it's you can hear the dual guitars throughout
0: and the, the drums being relatively simple groove wise. Yeah. It works, doesn't it, really well having the, the drums that boom cat boom cat with the riffs over the top. Mm-hmm. It just grooves really well. To be honest, I haven't listened to this album certainly in its entirety since I was
2: probably a kid. So listening back to it, knowing we're going to do this, I'd forgot, there's a few things that stood out with like the grooves and things. It was um, a slash, especially his right hand and his, the 16th the sort of semi-cravers in his playing throughout the rhythm stuff, because obviously you'll remember the guitar solos, but some of the
0: rhythm stuff's just amazing. Is and that, that Slash or is
2: that Izzy? I think it's both of them to be fair, both of them.
0: I know I've, I've read several articles of, of various people that have said that it's Izzy's rhythm playing that really glues them together yeah that's possible i mean you hear it in later stuff
2: that slash has done and hear him live and velvet revolver and stuff like that you can hear that same sort of semi-quaver right hand rhythm thing going which is awesome and i've forgotten how good the or maybe i never knew how good um duff mckagan's bass playing is throughout this yeah song. It's, it's, he's stuff.
0: pretty busy isn't he actually throughout great sound a lot of as well
3: this. isn't it bass sound generally throughout the album just great great sound to it
0: yeah it's kind of got that that punkiness that you get yeah, playing with the the attack of the pick. Yeah,
3: dirty kind of sound.
0: Yeah, but I think Duff's background is quite punky, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think he's he's the the punk, isn't he? To so a couple of songs are really punky, and I think that's that
3: stems from him. Yeah, we've got to talk about the cowbell, haven't we? Because it is in there from the first track, and it's like it's kind of a feature throughout the album. But it's so cool. I mean, you can overuse a cowbell,
0: but no, you can't.
3: It's just how it's used and and the parts... Do you think
0: it was a conscious thought? I think,
3: yeah, it it lends itself, doesn't it? I mean, it's one of those things when you've got a head moving like that to a great riff to have a a cowbell stuck underneath it, just driving it along as well. Is that the highlight of the album for you, Brett? I think it is. (laughs) I think it's just, I I can relate to the playing. It's just, it's kind of, I'm, I'm influenced by a lot of that kind of simple groove kind of thing. Let the melodies and the guitars take over to... Serve the song, but I, I don't know. I just find it very in, a, a great vibe throughout. Do you,
0: do you like the drum feel in this? When um oh, is it? Is, it's after the solo, isn't it? As it goes into the last chorus, and it's got that kind of like a jungly feel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The toms. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Going around the toms. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He uh he used to play with lots of toms, didn't he, Stephen Adler? And what? I think the producer was the '80s. Well, probably, but I think it was the producer that said. We need to get rid of the toms. Just have a rack tom and a floor tom. I was yeah. going to say when you said that, it, pictures of him. It's just a small kit. Yeah, I think before that, oh, okay, probably on the demos and stuff, it was was a lot of toms. Ah. How good is Axel's voice? Oh, stellar all the way through, isn't it? He's amazing, isn't he? So unique.
3: The highlight for this song is when he he, he has that scream, which is exactly the same note as the first note of the guitar solo. Where they blend together. I thought I thought that was absolutely amazing when I heard that. I was like, "Oh yeah,
0: perfect." Yeah, and and the I love the end of this song as well, so, where, where you get the line, "It's going to bring you down," uh, like that brilliant. double
2: time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. So the story goes that someone said when he moved to LA, someone said, "Welcome to the jungle. You're going to die," or something. Is that true?
0: I think it's written about their experience, isn't it, in living in LA or moving to LA? He came from Indiana, didn't he, Axel? And easy. So, how well do you know this
3: guitar-wise? Then this album, Rick. I, I'm guessing <laughs> that you um probably know well, pretty much uh, everything.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, so, there's probably a disclaimer. I I teach a bit of guitar, so I end up teaching a couple of songs from this album quite a lot because it's so iconic. And obviously, it's something that if anyone learns sort of rock guitar, they, they, they sooner or later they're going to want to learn this stuff, or, or should learn this stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kid, like I guess I'd have been twelve, thirteen. Um, sort of listening to this album. And I've, I've bought, I should have brought it with me, but I've actually got the tab book for this as well. So me as a 13-year-old sat, or 12, 13, something about that age, sat learning all of this with a tab book spread, sat on my bed trying to work out what on earth's going on. And Forget the tab book, have you got your guitar? <laughs> There's a guitar here. Is well, there?
0: I remember oh, the it? tab book. Oh, you got it as well, have you?
2: You're going to test me on it, aren't you? I think you got it, yeah. All right, hang on. Shall I get a guitar, Shall I get a guitar running? Hang on.
0: Let's see if we can, Do you want see me to if we can count you in. Him. Hang on a minute. On. <laughs> he just wants to get the cowbell out. Come on, this could be brilliant. Hang on. Were you looking at tab books, Brett, when you were that sort of <laughs> age? I wasn't looking at tab books. 1988. That was. Um, I
3: wasn't looking at tab books.
2: <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was. Hang <laughs> on. It was I'm not that old. I was. I wasn't doing it when it came out. It was, this would have been the 90s when I was learning this. To be fair, this is the year that
3: I started playing drums when I started oh having gosh. lessons. So I was reading. Very basic snare drum music. It's about as far as I got with reading drum music.
2: <laughs> just the one drum. I, I laughed the
3: three lessons before I got kicked out for having
0: a bad attitude. Hey, come on then, let's see. Uh, let's see if you can do. Oh, this I'm well. just tuning. What am I
2: doing? Welcome to John. Yeah, can, can I? count you in? Just once. Hey, make sure it's Let's get. I've got to get a slashy sound. Hang on. Oh come on. Oh bang my head again. That's that. Was that oh yeah ready yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Uh, what am i doing welcome, welcome yeah, welcome yeah, yeah, yeah. To right, i'm gonna count you in okay oh, are we going from the start or are we just doing no no the no? Riff? just the riff just the riff all right,
1: what what the right.
0: there we go very good very, very good. good right moving on it's so easy i love the intro to this mm-hmm. i think that bass intro is absolutely brilliant really punky yeah
3: awesome Yep. And I love, I love that the his low voice in the verse It's a real different um, dynamic to what the majority of the album. Yeah, you know, what you're expecting. yeah, it is, isn't it?
2: It's a dual voice, isn't it? Is it both? Is it Axel or is it? Um, I think I Izzy think Duff. Or Duff singing I think off.
0: Duff does a lot of the backing vocals on this. Uh, ah, you can you can hear him really clearly in the bridge where you get that. Um, well, you get the swear word, but it's a well well positioned swear word, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I was going to talk about the kind of swearing on it. The the F in and jeffin. Because it's, um, it almost, it doesn't sound contrived, does it? It just sounds like... It sounds like he really means it. It's got that sex pistols kind of, just don't care, this is what we do, yeah. sort of thing to it. Um, uh, Going back to being a sort of kid and um, listening to this, that was part of what you're like, oh, wow, that's really, you know, God, they're swearing. I can remember thinking that. <laughs> that's naughty. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, actually, listening back to the album, I, it, the lyrics kind of... um. I don't think the lyrics ever really went in. You kind of sing along with it a bit, I guess, you know, and obviously for me, I was learning the guitar parts, and you, you, you'd listen to the album, but it's only now going back to it and listening to it and thinking, crikey, some of the lyrics are quite... Um, the aggression in them, and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never noticed at the time how kind of aggressive they were and how... Yeah, it's kind of brutal at times, aren't they? Yeah. Probably wouldn't get away with some of the lyrics nowadays
0: I, in I a mainstream don't think album, you, would you?
2: you? would. No. I'm trying to remember
0: the riff to it So Easy Now, so I've got quiet <laughs> thinking about that.
3: I like the little half-time drops as well. You just get that little kind of few bars of half-time and you just get that suspense. Yeah,
0: is that, that's where you get the really melodic, yeah, yeah. like an uh, axle melody over yeah, the top magic. of it. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome.
3: I've got to be honest though, that out of all the, the songs on this record, it's, um, I thought I thought it was a quite a strange place to place this song as a second track. Really? Yeah, it's probably not my favourite song on the album, to be fair.
0: no, oh, you see, my... it's probably in my top, Top three or four. Oh, I, I, quite really like, like I quite like the way they've put it second. Just I kind think of punky they've used quite and... a lot to open up their live shows, haven't they, as well? Which I quite like the kind of attitude. Oh, do you remember the live in Paris thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that
0: 1993,
2: loads. 1993. So that was maybe. the Use Your Illusion tours, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think I, think I probably went backwards to this album from that, because that would have been the time when I was probably getting into music or rock guitar playing and things. So I probably got the Use Your Illusion album. I'd use Your Illusion 1, I think, and went back to this. So I assume that you know the guitar riffage for this. Oh, I, was, I should have been practicing that. I know the bass part. The bass starts with that. <laughs> isn't it? And then they say... Um,
1: do I do. pass? i oh, will do. Enough,
0: isn't That'll it? do. Out to get me. Well, track 3's Night Train, isn't no, it? No, Night Train. Oh,
1: it's like you're like reading, reading a, a sentence.
0: It's like I'm playing and not reading the setlist properly track three night train let's talk about the intro because it's one of the i think the fact that you've got hats and a cowbell as an intro it's the best ever it's the best ever you <laughs> just i absolutely love it I, th- this intro for me is so reminiscent of early aerosmith oh yeah yeah we can hear that throughout the whole album can't there's a lot of era, yeah you can aerosmith. There's, there's there's a few tracks though isn't there where you just think crikey this this could be aerosmith yeah it's, yeah it's, brilliant it's
3: that dropper that when the when the bass guitar drops out isn't it you just have that guitar and vocal that unison thing going on which is yeah ju absolutely oh, I just love it and love the dual it.
2: guitars are really apparent in this as well I really like that mm-hmm. you can hear that that same yeah I guess Aerosmith again and yeah yeah
0: awesome more cowbell as well in this yeah and it yeah when, when you sort of break down before that chorus like a like a pre-chorus isn't it
3: and and the, the bell of the oh, it's a bit geeky but the bell of the ride cymbal <laughs> of <over> the guitar sailor <laughs> is the biggest bell I've ever heard <laughs> That sounded wrong, didn't it? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I,
0: I love the the tone of Axel's vocal in the verse of this song. Possibly some of the best on the album because he's he's not low like he is in It's So Easy. He's not super high. He's just kind of in the middle there somewhere okay. of, of his range. But yeah, it's really good. Love it. Mm-hmm. Right, out to get me. Oh no, we haven't done we haven't done the riff. Oh, I, oh, no, Night Train riff. I was keeping quiet, so I wasn't sure I could remember it. Um,
1: I got oh. it wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, just about, oh, you just need about. To get that tab book back out. <laughs> uh, um, out to get me. Okay, I'm gonna, hang on.
2: <laughs> just trying to redeem myself from yes, forgetting the it. last one.
3: That's so the for, one for me. Axel's voice in this is probably the the best vocal sound on the whole album. I think.
0: Yeah. I think he sings this with such a spite and venom that is just... And paranoia. I has like, got paranoia a bit of
3: ACDC, I think, a bit of Brian in his voice, I think.
0: I, I, th- I, I do think, listening back to it now, he, he must have had one of the best voices of that era. So unique, so strong. It's, it's, the, um, it's like
2: a chameleon, isn't he, with his voice? It's just yeah. the amount of, it just just sounds like so many different people at different registers wherever
0: he is. Yep. The, just going back to that intro that, that you just played the riff of, uh, the guitar tone on that is amazing. Well, mine. No, no, that. I was going to say, only took me two seconds to dial that in. (laughs) How, how, um, what is that guitar? What what, I know, he's a Les Paul player, isn't he? You, you don't want to start down this
2: road, do you, with the guitar geekery stuff? Not really. Okay, do you want the guitar? He, um, it's a replica Les Paul, isn't it? Famously, it's not actually a Les Paul. So, Slash, who completely and utterly is responsible for kind of um, repopularizing the Les Paul at that period, because it was all the. 1980s super strats and things and um the album and the sounds and everything that inspired that was actually recorded on a replica les paul i can't remember who it's by but it's i've read it and i've forgotten the, the name of someone so someone in los angeles i believe and it's a replica of a, a 59 les paul and it was that that was used for the whole album so mm. there you go through a Marshall. through i think it was well you never know do you but supposedly rented a couple of rented Marshalls that were particularly good sounding and there's all these folklore stories, aren't there, about where they've gone or what happened to them and that stuff. But yes, this album, certainly guitar-wise or guitar-tone-wise, rock guitar-tone-wise, is um, Do you special. think they
0: spent long sort of over guitar tones and stuff? Because this was recorded over six months. I'd imagine Presumably they did. but that it's... wasn't a solid six months because that would just cost a fortune now, but in those days even more. Well, it's different, though, with major labels and funding, wasn't
2: it, back then? um I, do, I, I imagine they did get in the right sound, but what's really cool with the album is there's a coherent kind of similar sound throughout the whole thing. You can hear the two yep, guitars with that. and they, the overdubs are minimal. You hear Talkbots effects like guitars. Obviously, there's some knee guitars uh, are dropped in and out and odd little um, uh, wah-wah bits and things like that, but it, it it does just sound like the two of them playing and it doesn't sound like there's a massive amount of faffing about with you know effects, there's minimal effects. I don't think they sort of mucked around that much once they've got a good sounding tone they've kind of thought that's it that's
3: that's our sound. I
0: think the the drum sounds are similar I think they've they've kept that pretty coherent as well. Do you not find listening to this now or I mean whenever it's one of the best sounding albums ever certainly one of the best sounding debuts a bit like the first Rage album. And is that because you can hear personality and you can hear the band? I think you you can hear personality but they've just kept it it simple as well. Yeah. I would imagine it was how they sounded when, if you went to see them on the strip.
2: Yeah, I, and I guess there's partly that they've been playing clubs playing these songs for for ages and honing them, and it wasn't written in the studio, and I think sometimes you can hear that, can't
1: you? I guess it was recorded
2: to tape as well, isn't it, back then? I guess it was, yeah. It would have been, wouldn't it?
0: Right. Mr. Brownstone was next. Uh, so, do you remember, Jodie, we used to play this in a
2: band when I we do. were like... We was, young. Again, thirteen, probably about thirteen. Yep, probably way too young to have any understanding that the lyrics were all about drugs and a drug dealer. Yep.
0: Um, but yeah, and I'm so just if trying I think to think back if there's any swear words in this. Well, there, I, I think I, there is in every I, song. I don't think it. I could have done that as a twelve-year-old, thirteen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a recording of you doing that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Someone somewhere has that. Um,
3: Great drum part in this. Nice flavors, flavors on the toms, I think, which is different to the, the, the big
0: four on the floor grooves
3: throughout the, the you know. The it's most quite, it's quite
0: an, like. an iconic kind of drum intro, isn't it? This song. Yeah. The, the toms. Yeah. Yeah. Go well, on, I'll sing some more of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped stop singing. Then thought so I'll play it on guitar instead of singing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and that when the riff does kick in, it's it's a brilliant riff, isn't it?
2: No, there's one Rick <laughs>
0: I should do. I'm going to get it wrong now, aren't I? I have to say, I played it when I was twelve or something. And, and again, I mean Aerosmith for me. it yeah, just yeah. Sounds like Aerosmith. Yeah. But brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So Paradise City. Wow. One of the biggest songs of the era, probably the, the biggest it, song on the album. Possibly one of the biggest uh, songs. Your mind's got be the big one. Ah, uh, yes.
2: Probably? It's up there with it, there, isn't it? As far as I think it's still their. It was always their set closer, wasn't it? At, at yeah. Y- yeah.
0: It did used to be. Um, I love the guitar sound in the intro. Oh, that country kind of sound. The, yeah, uh, I think because it's so different from what you've heard up till that point. Yeah, yeah. It it's really stands out. The, are you going quiet for me to play it or not? No, because you should be able to play that one, surely. I haven't got a clean sound. I don't know if I can. That bit, you mean? Yeah, that's all right. Oh. We all know that bit. Um, when, when, the, when the vocals come in, there's a lot of harmonies going on. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's the
2: whistle, though, that makes the intro, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's like... Genius, the whistle—just a whistle to kick it yeah. off. I love that part, and the extended outro. And it's—and you start to hear this—the first time you start to hear them really sort of stretching and how epic it could be, which I guess yeah, sort of goes into the the last song. Um, uh, what's it called, Rocket Queen? Yeah. And also where they went afterwards with the Use Your Illusion
3: album. Yeah,
0: I think there's there's flavours on this album of where they were going. Yeah, yeah.
3: It never made the single cut, though, did it? The extended outro. outro. I or, guess or did, it,
2: I don't know. I, I've,
3: I don't think it ever made the radio. I, I think I heard the album version a few years
0: after. And so, oh, I don't remember hearing this part.
2: I guess they faded out on radio. Yeah. It's,
0: a, it's a cool section, isn't it? And the, when it goes double time, and Duff is doing those great little bass runs climbing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, great song. Yeah, great, great song. stuff. My Michelle. oh this is so. Oh. I I read a story the
2: other day. The other day, this is <laughs> years ago. This might be might be completely and utterly untrue, but I'll say it anyway. That um the looks because I think this was one of their really early demos all written way before the album, and the story goes that Axl Rose was in a car with his friend Michelle, and uh, Elton John's Your Song came on the radio, and uh, she said, "No one ever, why don't you ever write songs like this?" And um you know and so he sat down and tried writing a song called Michelle or My Michelle, and it, his first few drafts were really sickly and sweet and just a bit one dimensional. And he thought, well, I'll just be a bit more honest. And that whole first verse, the, um, uh, what is it? Your daddy works in porno now. W- mummy's not porno. around. Oh, yeah. Now that mummy's not around, she used to love her heroin. Now she's underground was um,
0: <laughs> was where he got to with it. It's like,
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like Elton John's your song anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not quite what she meant, is it? <laughs> no. I've got quite a funny story about this song. Um, I remember being in America. I can't remember where it was. It could have been in a music shop, and they had um, like the electronic drum kits, which at the time would have been quite early ones. And you could go in there and then play along to a song. Okay. And I played along to this song. I'm not a drummer at all, as you know. Uh, <laughs> but for, for for like that four or five minutes, I was like Stephen Adler. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> was it? Why did you decide on this, or was it I don't already played? It, it was a limited choice of songs, but. This one's just like oh yeah I like that because it goes in and so out the double the, time the double, the double time, time part yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the end of it I was like Wayne uh, like Garth on Wayne's World <laughs> 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 kind of
3: what I like to play it's one of my favourite songs on the album after listening to the songs back to back really is it? yeah yeah great tune
0: that's because there's a drum song you see that's obviously yeah what, and it's what, different isn't it a different flavour
2: isn't it that double
0: time thing just I, I, it, I like
2: it. the darkness of the 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 intro oh, I'm gonna have to play it it's now. the on.
0: the guitar sound and the intro is uh, great. Uh, just a bit of a dark sort of flavour, isn't it? It is dark, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Think about you.
3: Um, Cowbell count. Yeah, different use of cowbell in this, which I like. A different cowbell? different use of a cowbell. It's not that kind of... you listen to it <laughs> I've there's never heard you sing cowbell on.
0: before <laughs> do you think Stephen Adler had different cowbells Brett or would you think it was just I the think there's just the one do I you
3: think. think
2: he was making up for having his toms taken away and he had a different sort of line of cowbells at different pitches you
3: never
0: know you never know <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: great big 80s kits of toms and he had it It's the d-
0: wrong note for this intro <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I love the fact that this is really melodic in the verse but then really really melodic in the chorus yeah and for me, what what really does that is the acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes the, the overdub
2: bit in the chorus. Um, oh, sorry, I'm looking at my guitar, seeing if I can remember it. It's that
0: those those chords. Those. Yeah, it's, it's the open notes, isn't it? It's got an eighties kind of. Yeah, and it it reminds me a little bit of Friday. I'm in love. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. That's because this chord here is the cure chord. Uh, and there we are. That's is. that's that's why. But it's, yeah, it's great, and and I think. It's one of the best singing moments at the end of this song.
2: Oh, the held sort of
0: note. Yeah, what Axel does his only you, only you last lines are oh, that I think they're just stunning.
2: And do you think that um that kind of chord harmony part that kind of um ascends and descends a little bit at the end sounds a little bit like um it could be Led Zeppelin, but it could also be um early Def Leopard. Do you hear that? Just yeah. the way those chords arpeggiate underneath him holding that note. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I just don't I only noticed that when I re-listened to it recently and yeah. the, the Chuck Berryisms at the start it's like it's, it's yeah it
0: is yeah it has got that kind of Chuck Berryness about the riff gonna it? It. I'm going to play it I'm going to play it all of that stuff yeah oh, it's I cool it's awesome has he got a volume on that Brett? I've got I'm quite close to the off
1: switch <laughs> <laughs> Right, you can't sweet... turn my off, though, can you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: sweet Child of Mine. Track 10, Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Track 9. Arguably the biggest is it nine? song. Is it 9? Has he miscounted it? It's track no, it's nine. track 10.
2: 5, 6, is it? 7, it's nine. 8, nine. It's, it's nine.
0: 9. it's 9. It's 9. It is 9. Is this the biggest... Track 9. They waited till track 9 for this. Is it the biggest song in
3: rock and roll history? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about it's that. It's
0: certainly one of the most well-known, isn't it? Well, I, I it's difficult to know what
2: to say about this song that hasn't already been said i to be fair guitar wise i'm not going to say much because i i use this a lot when i'm teaching and um i could probably talk for ages just about the solos and the developing sort of scales and use of harmony and things under it um but i think it's just that what i love most about this song and it's one of those songs that you don't really choose to listen to because it's so ingrained in you isn't it you've heard it a billion times before but it's the is the different sections almost like the juxtaposition of like um that kind of like lullaby kind of guitar introy bit and the really sweet lyrics in the verse and all of that and then it and the change where it goes into the where do we go now and it, the way it evolves out of that and it it doesn't stay as a sweet sort of love song it mm-hmm. it changes and almost like but where do we go now where do we go now
0: but isn't the famous story that they didn't know where to go and they're singing that because they're sort of jamming it and yeah Oh, really? But, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, I've, I've read It'd that. it be one of those, those urban myths. No, I've, I've read, read that. that. They were in the in the studio and they weren't sure what to do. And that's what Axel started singing. But that's what
2: makes it sound but, unique, isn't it? Some of the great sort of classic rock songs do that, where it just sounds like they're able to just sort of jam a bit and just find a way with it, rather than it being too formulaic or thought out, perhaps.
0: Yeah. I remember trying to sing this when i was probably 13 or 14 and um my singing teacher at the time i uh, had singing lessons for for a while you can't hear that but uh, he he i remember him saying to me you're never ever going to be able to sing the last line of sweet child of mine <laughs>
2: brilliant that's where the bar was set was it yeah is that why you did mr brownstone instead yeah. <laughs> So, uh, um, I don't I,
3: have to play it, do I? I think you, I think you need to play just the intro. Which bit, which bit? Just the intro. Okay. But if you mess it up, I'm never going forgive, <laughs> to forgive
2: you. <laughs> Hang on a minute then. I've got to get, get the tone right as well then if I, it's some pressure.
0: Do you want me to keep going? No, that's no, enough. That's, 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 enough. Enough. that's right. enough. Okay. Is that banned from music shops? If yeah. You're, like, trying think... out a guitar. Is that one of those things where, like, I don't.
2: I can't no say. About, to heaven, no sweet child of mine. I've never tried it. Maybe there's something we should do. Maybe there's a video in there to try and just see what riffs you can get away with in different guitar shops. <laughs> Not that there's many
0: left anymore, but yeah, we could try that. Right. So this is track ten. You're crazy. For for me, this is this is possibly the weakest track on the album. It's a great groove, though. I love the upbeat groove in this song. Loads yeah, of, it's loads different. Of I can see why they included it. Yeah. I prefer the acoustic version on Guns N' Roses Lies. Oh yeah there is EP, isn't it Yeah um because it just feels it just feels right in, I forgot that about context. that acoustic version it's it's really sort of groovy isn't it and more yeah. slow and yeah uh, I I listened to they put out um like a deluxe edition of this album and there's loads and loads of outtakes from and demo versions and there's quite a few versions of this and I wondered why they whether they pushed it in this direction to include it on the album to just cover that sort of punk side of them a bit more along yeah, with Yeah and that that's so sort of easy. quicker tempo. Uh, okay,
2: maybe. Mm. Dunno. I think I think it's interesting. I don't know how much this is thought out, Pre- presumably with track listing or the order of it, maybe, but because um, the lyrics are so um aggressive and open and and gritty that there's moments like um think about you, which is quite sweet, and sweet child of mine until they, they get into the darker where do we go now? Where you know, what's happening thing. And then these, this and Anything Goes are a little bit more disposable, perhaps a little bit more kind of normal 80s. And, and Rocket Queen in itself, the last song, the lyrics, well, we can talk about that when we get to the song, but yeah, listening through the sort of second half of this album, because I used to have a cassette tape of this, that's why I think of it in halves, is, yeah, I, I often wonder whether they chose songs specifically to Where kind was of,
0: the turning point on the cassette? Was it after Paradise City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so got, like it's the first half of, a, of an album, I guess same on vinyl, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's an that's an incredible opening half. Yeah, it's but I, I I agree with you. For anything goes, it's a bit, it's kind of a bit stock, like everything else that was around in the '80s, but probably better than most of the other stuff. But it's not as catchy. It's not as strong as the, as the first half of this album. But that's what makes it a great album, isn't it? You it, you
2: can Yeah, I just, I think it's mm. it's a cool riff though. Should I play the riff? Yeah. Hang on, about the sound back. Uh,
1: It's
2: cool, isn't it? Cool. Love it. I've remembered them all so far.
0: (laughs) Nearly. (laughs) Do you know anything goes? Oh, that one's hard. That's, um... It's got that sort of thing, hasn't it? And then a. I uh... I do like the shakers at the start of that. Is it shakers, Brett? (laughs) I would have thought so, yeah. Oh, what's the next bit?
1: There's... Yeah, it's not I one see. of
0: those little cabasa things, is it, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> I, can I? Do you know what I love about this song?
3: I
2: thought you were going to talk about cabassas. No, then. I want to talk about the lyrics of what
0: song? Uh, are we doing anything goes? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we moved okay. on, haven't we? Oh, sorry. We sorry, are. We're yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about anything goes. Yeah. That you would just played the riff to that, didn't you? I did. I did. And we talked about that. You <laughs> talked <laughs> about the cabasa, which we think may have been on a cabasa. So,
3: ready. Can I just recite Is this the lyrics? To anything it's just goes. because when I was listening to it, i never, I didn't realize that they just how how they read, and I just find them fascinating. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Yeah, I do it in a in a kind of slow, sensual way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Panties round your knees, <laughs> with your ass in debris, doing that grind, with a push and a squeeze, tied up, tied down. Up against the wall, be my rubber-made baby, and we can do it all. <laughs> Genius.
2: It's not Bob Dylan, is it? It's not Bob Dylan. Um, I guess that's kind of a little bit Stock eighty stuff,
3: isn't it? Brilliant. I could just I had to do that. I, just, I, mean, I, I screen grabbed the lyrics so I could not mess them up and remember them. I just find, find that fascinating. <laughs> it's interesting what the highlights
2: of the album were for you, Brett, with yeah, the yeah. cowbell and the lyrics to that verse. And first. the cabasa intro. <laughs> <laughs> Percussion so and that lyrics. comes to the last track on the album Rocket Queen. Now I I think this is really interesting this and again haven't heard it in years so going back and listening to it um this song anyway um is how much it evolves it goes from a um it's it's quite I, I guess I, I I don't know if I'm presuming this is, is it about um prostitute or so, that's it, what it sounds like but it ends up really really sweet and major and almost yeah so in all, all I ever wanted was to know that I care or whatever at the end. It's, mm-hmm. the, cha- the changes through the song I find um, yeah, really interesting.
0: Yeah, it, does, it takes you on a journey, doesn't it? It is a real precursor to the usual Illusion yes. material. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it, it almost like they couldn't have done it any better to have that as the last track on that and then to have, is it Civil War? No, it's not Civil War. What am I talking about? What's the first track on Usual Illusion 1? Ooh, That's the first um, track on Usual Illusion 2. Right next door to hell. Yeah, going into those songs and November Rain and, and, um, oh, I can't think of the long ones that were on there. Estranged. Estranged, yeah. All oh, amazing songs. Like but 13, 14 year old me coming back. And all, yeah, <laughs> All Gone of those long of songs and those songs <laughs> that really take you somewhere. I thought Rocket, Rocket Queen is like the start of that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Even right. The riff, the riff at the, um, in that kind of that bass guitar, that cool bass guitar riff in there, um, that the guitar's double almost mm-hmm. sounds like it's off of that, those albums as well.
0: Yep. I'm going to try and play it. I it's think. a great drum beat at the start, isn't it, Brett?
2: It's a, yeah, th- amazing,
3: amazing sounds on, on this song, I thought. I think I made a little note of that, just how, how cool the sound was on yeah, this song. Yeah,
0: and, and again, very Aerosmith sounding for me when, that, when, the, when the whole band come in. Sorry, I was practising the riffs. If Have you got remember. the riffs? I,
2: I was just having a sneaky practice then. I think it's...
1: Sorry, <laughs> there is works. no It rubber. Just works. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just to. I remember I, when I I remember again being that age and listening to it. My favorite, one of my favorite bits from the album, is that bit where it changes and you get that. Um, um, yeah. And all of that yeah, stuff. great. And it goes into re-
1: that Axel's
0: melody is so
2: sweet. Yeah, in that bright majory bit after, so. Yeah, uh, where is
0: it? I'm at C Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't keep going because I want to sing. I mean, <laughs> oh God, I see if you can join see in. See if you can do it now. I can't, no, I can't. I can't reach those notes anymore. Let's try and go for that note and sweet child of mine. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> to be fair, the guitars are tuned down and this one's in standard tuning, so we'll let you off. Yeah. There will be a semitone out, semitone yeah. too high.
0: Cool. But so, but it's a great album, isn't it? A great, great album. Mm-hmm. So, what do you th- seriously think, Brett? Because it's um,
2: I've known it since I was a, a kid, and I, I know it from a guitar point of view, from being sort of a guitar player, and and still to this day, I I teach the riffs and some of the songs and solos from it. So, I, it kind of is. It's hard to almost be objective about it and listen back to it. But for you, it's it's not so familiar, is it, as an album?
3: No, as an album, no. Obviously, the the songs they mean 1988 I I think I said earlier it's a year Is that 88 mm-hmm. Was it
0: 88 No it came out in 87. 87 but it was
3: made it was more mainstream in 88 I think wasn't it really it? picked up yeah, yeah. steam in 88 But that you know I was kind of I had my head stuck in learning to play this instrument you know and It's I, a cowbell the cowbell and cabasa and um <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it, it just wasn't on my radar. As uh, There's the other big albums that I was listening to that I got sucked into at the time. Like tapow I think like, it was <laughs> too dangerous. <laughs> I think this was Tick Guns and Roses were too dangerous for you.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, it it I'm possibly like,
3: was, you know. That, that's not... We laugh, but the, it, there was...
0: Yeah, too edgy. Too edgy at the time. I'm like you, Rick. I, I came into the Use Your Illusions. That was, was when I was start, starting getting into music. So I heard those first and then came back to this.
2: Yeah, I, I would... I'd have been too young, I think. Well, both of us would have been too young when this came out. So oh, yeah, it would have yeah. probably been, yeah, the, the notoriety of Use Your Illusion or being aware of the band and then going back to this album. And, uh, and
0: like, I well, remember se- Use Your Illusion. I mean, we, might ha- we might have to do another one on Use Your Illusion because I love the second one.
2: Yeah, um, and I, I think I, obviously we're brothers. So I think I bought the first one and you bought the second one. Yeah. And then being brothers, we probably didn't share that much. <laughs> and so that-
0: yeah. Is that why it is? It's, but it's the same now listening back. I, yeah, I can never, I remember never having the second one. That must have been you who had that then. Yeah. I had the yellow one. But it is, it, it, it was a different introduction to Guns N' Roses because going back, these songs are shorter, snappier, more aggressive, really. But just, I think it's it's one of the best debut albums of all time.
2: Well, it's got to be, hasn't it? It's, it's certainly one of the most classic rock albums, classic, classic rock, but um, biggest rock albums ever. Definitely, it's got yeah. to be. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, amazing. Any more cli- closing thoughts? What's what's your favourite track, cool. Brett? Have you got a favourite? Um,
3: I, I, just because I, I think the three big singles really, I can't really decipher between them. I think probably "Sweet Child of Mine." I just think it's probably the because you, you did say "My Michelle." I did say that. Listening to it as a as an as an album, possibly, but I, th- I think you can't escape the, the the three big songs. You know, "Welcome to Jungle," "Paradise City," and "Sweet Child of Mine." I just they're all amazing,
2: aren't they? Yeah. And more familiar to me than the rest, I guess. So. Rick? Um, I I find it really hard to say because it's... This, this is going to sound weird, but it's not something I'd put on and listen to anymore as such. And I spend so much time with some of the songs from a teaching point of view. Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. And so I find it quite hard to be objective or to... I don't know. Maybe work, if I had to pick one song, Welcome to the Jungle, maybe?
0: Yeah. Uh, I about you? I feel exactly the same. I think, yeah, hard, hard to choose a favorite cuz i like them all pretty much
2: i think um, going back to it and listening to the album fresh which i haven't done literally since i was sort of a kid it's interesting picking out things you'd forgotten or hearing things in, as an adult maybe in a different way and just and some of the things you forgot like those bits from rocket queen or the the dark intro to my michelle things like that sort of stand out a bit it's yeah. inspired me to want to put cowbell
3: into one of oh, our God. own songs moving forward.
0: <laughs> just one song or well, you know, like every song?
3: Not every song, but definitely one. I'll just <laughs> sneak it in. Well, I, if you're doing, I think I need to work
0: on my tone a little bit then, don't I? I don't, we need a little bit more of that. A <laughs> bit more grit. <laughs> uh, and on that note, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for listening.
3: Yeah. I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah. It's been great. It's been great going back over it and like
2: reminiscing as well. And, um, being tested on the guitar parts. That's yeah, that's fun. Cool.
0: Say goodbye. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Please check out our band Damn the Wolves. Find us at damthewolves.com and please follow us on all the usual
1: socials.